Hey, everybody, it's episode 393 of PodQuest. Hey! It's Wednesday, February 23rd, 2023. Yep. Yes. No, yes. no, 2022. No. I skipped a year. You know what? It's 2023. Ah, no. Let's just Let, bring it on. Let's, let's just bring it on. Let's not do that yet. I, I have things I want to do this year. Uh, like what? Like what? What do you have to do this year that you can't just do next year? Well, there's a bunch of concerts this year. They're going to get delayed again. I, like, the concerts haven't really been delayed in the last few months. I know. I'm just saying. Like, I, we've got AFI in March. Senses fail. Senses fail in April. Um, Motion City soundtrack in June. Foo Fighters and maybe Coheed in July. Um, and 21 Pilots in September. Nice. I'm very much considering doing something with fire. Like, if I were, if I was ever going to do a Firefly, it would be this year. But like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to go to Delaware in like June for like a weekend. Just to see oh, two bands. Good news. It's not June. It's September. That's even worse. <laughs> but like, if if Green Day and My Chem were on the same day, maybe. But they're headlining two def- different days, and like, mm-hmm. fuck that. I mean, I've, I I want to know the actual daily lineup to know. Like, it's mostly just for My Chem, and I'd be throwing the same amount of money to go see My Chem as I would be to go just to Firefly. So you'd get more bang for your buck just doing Firefly. I mean, how much is Firefly? Um, generally about 300 bucks. I would not spend $300 to go see My Chem. Then you're never going to see My Chem. That's fine. I've seen their them before. T- but that's what I'm saying, though. Like, their tickets are fucking expensive. Like, is that fucking expensive off of StubHub or fucking expensive if you actually buy them when they go on sale? I mean, I'm sure... No, I think even when they first went on sale, they were still at least 150 200 bucks. For nosebleed seats. I can't remember. But when they did their reunion or initially announced a reunion, their tickets were expensive as shit. And you know what? That might be a little different because it was a reunion. If they keep playing, though, their ticket prices are going to, like, even out. I don't know. The record company can see how much money they can get from MyCam. They're going to keep. They're not going to keep getting that kind of money, though, if they keep touring. Um, But... At the mo, I mean, but still, you you go see Mike Hem and Green Day. You're spending about the same amount of money as you are if you go get. And then there's a whole bunch of other bands that you can see on top of that. But so, and and that's what I meant. Like, I'm I don't want to spend a weekend in Delaware because, like, at that point, we have to get my mom to come watch the dogs. Like, it's not like we can just leave the dogs alone for for two days. And like, I don't like camping. I don't want to fucking camp. So then it's like the commute to like a hotel and all. Yeah, you go to the Dover Downs uh, Casino Racetrack Hotel. Yeah, like, it just ends up being a lot of money for, like, two bands that I want to see, and a bunch of bands that I probably don't want to see. You don't want to see Weezer? I've seen them. Honestly, I don't (laughs) like Weezer all that much. I've seen Weezer three times, and they were all at Firefly. I saw Weezer played that Hella Mega Tour with Green Day this past um, August, and, like, Mm -hmm. they they were perfectly good. I don't dislike Weezer. I will never go out of my way to see Weezer, though. Like just I, I mean, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm kind of at at that point as well. Like I I really enjoy Weezer, but I've seen them three times, four times, something like that. I've seen them enough. Um, but like, come on, Avril Lavigne. So is this just the When We Were Young tour, just at Firefly? <laughs> Maybe uh, All Time Low. And so that's uh, a, so see. Green Day, All Time Low, and My Chem were the three that I saw that I'm like. I would go see Green Day because I, I I like seeing Green Day over and over again. Um, I haven't seen My Chem since the tour they did for the release of Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge in 2004, mm-hmm. and I've never seen All Time Low. Yeah, 
See, I, after after you go a few down, a few rows down, like I mean, I don't I don't know who the the kid Leroy is. I don't know Big Sean. I don't know Zed. I'm assuming Zed is Zed that is he a DJ? Is that what Zed is? I think I Zed's a DJ. I don't know. Um, I don't know Porter Robinson. I don't know Gunna. Uh, then you got Avril Lavigne. Then I don't know Jamie. Don't know Griffin. Don't I? I know who Charlie XCX is. I've listened to the Bleachers. Rainbow Kitten Surprise. Who the fuck is that? Like it doesn't get until all time low, and then you're at like Young Blood, which uh, you got Willow. Which all right, I wouldn't mind going and checking out Willow. She's pretty good. I don't know who Willow is. Uh, I believe that is uh, Will Smith's daughter. Oh, the I whip my head back and forth. I whip my well, head. She, I, she doesn't. I mean, she has a new one uh, that she did with Travis Barker. I'm sure, dude. Um, Travis Barker is doing music with fucking everybody. But but the song is actually legitimately really good. Uh, what is it? What is Willow and Travis Barker? I think so, it's Willow. So just a, just a quick skim of the list. Other than like the big names, Transparent the Soul is the song from Willow and Travis. Barker. Okay, it's actually so, legitimately really good. So, other than the than the bigger names near the top, so your, your Green Day, your My Chem, I've heard of Halsey. Um, I know Weezer. I know All Time Low. I know Avril Lavigne. Um, the next, like, I guess from All Time, where's All Time? So All Time Low is on the third line of like the yeah. the smaller font. Yeah. Um, the next name I recognize is Mod Sun, which is fourth row from the bottom. Mm-hmm. So like. And those are the only two names in the small print I reckon, or three. I'm yeah, sorry, Avril Lavigne, All Time Low, Mod Sun. Only ones I recognize. And that, that's that's generally what happened with Firefly. And like, trust me, I I'd be more inclined to go to Firefly um, if I were younger than I am now, for sure. Yeah, um, I get it, that. It's it's also, but like, I do want to go. I do want to see these uh, bands. And since they're on separate days, it's not like you're seeing them all on the same day. So. In my opinion, you can't really look, sit there and say, I saw Weezer, or not Weezer, I saw Green Day and My Chem at the same show, because it's not the same show. It's two separate days. Yeah, it's one two ticket, separate, I guess, like, though. Like, it's one ticket, yeah, but it's two separate days, It's they're, they're, and it's a Friday and Saturday, I believe. Like, Yeah, they, they play Friday just, and Green, or My Chem is Friday, Green Day is Saturday. Yeah, so it's like, it would be awesome to be able to say you were there, but for me, at least anymore... I like I don't have it in me to go see a lot of these unknown bands unless I know people who know these unknown bands and can tell me they're good. Like I used to spend leading up to Firefly, a month or two leading up to Firefly, I would go and listen to the top twenty top ten songs on YouTube of each of the bands and like thumb add the ones I liked to my set list. So I would know who to try to go and check out. Just, I don't have that time anymore. Yeah, no, I'm like I get that. Like when, when I go to concerts and there's like a band playing, like like an opening act or whatever that I've never heard of. Like I throw like a, a set list together on, um, like I'll usually go to setlist.fm, see what they've played at other shows if there's anything listed, and then mm-hmm. try to add those songs to like a playlist just to like get an idea of like what their sound is and like what to expect from them at the concert. Um, but yeah, like so my my thing with Firefly. Other than the fact that, like, I don't want to go to a three-day thing. Like, that just doesn't seem like a fun time to me. Um, Firefly is that, like, it's very eclectic, which is a good thing. Like, there's there's a bunch of different music genres. Um, I don't like most of that type of music. Like, I don't like electronic. I don't like hip-hop. And, like, those are both, like, super popular, like, music forms right now. And, like, I don't like them at all. Like, I don't want to go see a concert with any yeah. of that stuff in it. And and the thing they used to do when I was going, at least like the last couple of years, um, 
they would they would have these hip hop bands, they would have these big hip hop names, and they would have these alternative rock names and then and these regular rock names. Like they would they would essentially they would have Green Day and My Chem playing on the same day. And then they would have Ludacris playing the next day, and then they would have uh um I of Monsters and Men and Mumford Sons playing on Sunday and stuff like that. Like they would split it up relatively close genre wise but if you're gonna have like halsey who is pop my chem and then uh green day separated but looking at a lot of those names underneath the four headliners they seem a lot of rap and hip-hop names and like so like i know i know that there is definitely some of them in there and like so like the one that i do know is mod son he is he was like a rapper that Mm -hmm. has like similar to machine gun kelly his most recent record transitioned into um, pop punk. Yeah. Which, like, that's cool. And I know, I, like, I'm pretty sure his most recent recent record was um, was produced by John Feldman, who is the lead singer of Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. Who's, like, he does a lot of producing. And, like, he that dude produces a lot of good records. So, like, Mod yeah. Sun might actually be pretty good. But, like, I'm not going to spend $300 to find out. Yeah. And, like, as much as I like Green Day, like... I, I wouldn't spend three hundred dollars for a Green Day show unless like mm-hmm. I had guaranteed like floor tickets in front of them. Yeah, and that's that's also like for you. You've already seen Green Day. You've already seen My Chem. It's not that big of a deal for you. I've never seen Green Day or My Chem. So like you're talking about going to see the Foo Fighters show, and I've I saw them twice, and I'm done. I don't need to see them again because every time I saw them, which yes, both times were in a festival setting. But every time I saw them, they played the same shit. And I'm like, alright, I've gotten Foo Fighters. I don't I don't need to go see Foo Fighters again. Because I've seen their, the same shit twice. Yeah, which, I, like... I, I, I don't need to see Weezer again. Because I saw them four times at Firefly. I think I said three times earlier, but it's probably four. I don't really know. And they played the same set list all each time. Maybe added one or two new songs. Maybe Africa was one of them because it was after they released their cover. Yeah, and like, like you hear, like like a, a thing, like a a festival like Firefly, they are not going to have as long of a set list as like their own concert. So like they're only there to play like the hits no, generally. No headliners, headliners at least. So Mike Hem and Green Day, they're going to get a good hour and a half to two hours. Oh, okay. Yeah, they get they get a de- there's no way they were going to do Paul McCartney in less than an hour. Come on now. But at the same time like they probably still try to stick to their their hits versus Oh, absolutely. If, if you're going to like their current record tour, yeah. they're going to play more and, stuff off of those current records. And it it was awkward cuz Mumford and Sons came out and uh they actually they had just recorded or finished recording or were close to releasing their album Johannesburg, which they recorded with a bunch of South African uh, musicians, and they called out the South African musicians to play this song that they've never played live before, that has maybe only been out for a week, and it was like, awkward as shit, because no one knew what the fuck was going on. Yeah, no, that is a huge bummer. Yeah. But anyway, we've got a show to go to get into. Enough about concerts and silly music festivals and shit. Yeah, so what is on the agenda, Rich? Uh, so, Cobb, you want to talk about Comixology? Apparently they're making some changes. Maybe something about Spider-Man, I don't really know. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about Ori and the Blind Forest, as well as Ori and the Wisps. Um, 
Then uh, we have a quick little just discussion topic about um, accidentally beating video games, which happens a lot to me, by the way. Uh, and then we're going to talk about our book club, which was uh, the 2015 Fantastic Four. Yeah. And then, and then, and then, depending on time, we might talk about Space Force. Uh, give me just one second. I have to send an email real quick. Goodness, my goodness. And uh, I, I'm going to throw this down right now. I know Drew says he's at a dentist appointment, but uh, listeners, you can uh, you can throw in this guess as well, and uh, we'll we'll put the over under for Drew not being here just because he didn't let watch Fantastic Four. At uh, you know what? I'll give you seventy five percent odds. So um, or triple the odds, I guess is how that works. So we'll put in the bets. We'll find out if Drew actually watched it next week. And if you bet that he didn't, I pay you triple back. But if you bet that he did, I keep. I don't really know how odds work. And I'm not actually going to give you money. So don't at me. Don't at me. But I'm just saying. I'm. I, I, I'm making a joke that Drew reason he's not here he didn't watch fantastic four that's entirely possible um i'm good now sorry i I had to respond to a work email that came in late um i just noticed but yeah so comiXology we're gonna talk about talk about that for a minute Uh, oh boy so you probably didn't see this um it was a while ago now they they were purchased by amazon Mm -hmm. and once it was last week at this point um amazon finally sort of updated their the app and the storefront and all and it's been it's been a long time coming. They've talked about it a bit. They've basically wrapped all of the Comixology stuff into Amazon now. So okay, there are good pieces to it and bad pieces. Unfortunately, there's definitely more bad than good. Um, they've ruined the app. The app interface is straight garbage now. Um, it wasn't great before. It's worse now. Um, reading stuff on there still perfectly good. Like no issues with reading. But, like, navigating and, like, buying stuff is fucking awful. It's all, like, one-click purchases now. So if you Mm -hmm. accidentally hit, like, something when you're just trying to see the synopsis for it and accidentally hit the buy now button, you might accidentally purchase it and not mean to. Um, And it's because it's all just the buy now, it's, or, like, the one-click shopping. You can't just add a bunch of books to your cart and, like, call it a day. You have, like, you individually purchase each book so you end up with, you know, if you're buying, like, a whole week's worth of books, like, if you only buy digital and say you buy 10 books that week, like, you're going to get 10 individual emails from Amazon telling you about your purchases. Mm-hmm. It's just like fucking what PlayStation did, and I hate how PlayStation does it, too. Um, and, yeah, so, like, the general app itself, just absolutely garbage now. Was pretty bad before, worse now. Uh, yeah. The, the bigger problem, though, they have merged your Kindle and Comixology libraries. So... If I open up the Kindle app on my phone or my tablet, I can't sort out all of the fucking comics. Like, I'm not using the Kindle to read comic books. Like, full stop. Like, I'm using the Comicsology app for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can sort it so that I only see comics, but I cannot remove the comics. So, I, I have Comicsology Unlimited. I go in there and I read a lot of stuff in Comicsology Unlimited that it, like, adds to my library. And also, like, they do a lot of, like, very cheap sales and um like free books that like you purchase and they get added to your library permanently that i now have to parse through all of that to find an actual book when i'm looking for like a book that i have that i want to read and it's super fucking frustrating and i really fucking hate it that's that's a bummer they really did need to integrate that better because when we read uh saga one and two um we, I, you get Comixology and you connect your Amazon account to it to get the, the trial and blah blah blah. And it was just, it was a pain. It was a major fucking hassle. 
because you needed to have a Comixology account, and then an Amazon account, then you needed to connect them, then you needed to make sure you were connecting them properly, and it was just, it was a hassle. So it's it's nice to hear that they finally, like, integrated that. And, like, Sucks it's been, like, everything. half integrated for a while. But, yeah. yeah, they just, they made it so much worse, like, I'm at the point where there's there's a pretty good chance I'm just going to cancel Comixology Unlimited at this point, because mm-hmm. it's such, it it's a bad experience using the app now. And it's yeah. not worth the frustration of adding a book to my Comixology library and then having it show up on every other fucking device I own. Like, I don't want that stuff on my Kindle. Like, my Kindle's a fucking black and white screen. Mm-hmm. Why uh, the is, fuck? Uh, is, there, is there, like, a big outcry for what they did? Like, are there a lot of people complaining about it? Or is this just, like, a you thing? That, like, I, you've been a- when it first happened, I did see stuff on Twitter about people being very unhappy with it. But it's Amazon. Uh-huh. They don't give a fuck. Yeah, they're not they're not going to change anything. Yeah. And like it's a bummer cuz like Comixology is like a actually a really cool like platforming concept. But yeah. just at this point it's almost not worth buying like unlimited is one thing cuz I can just at least like I can borrow a book and then unborrow it and it will leave my my library. It makes it hard to actually keep track of what you fucking read. So like if I go in and borrow like a book that so they they do Comixology original where it's a unique book to Comixology that comes out monthly. Yeah. And you borrow it through Unlimited, and then you can return it and everything like that. It takes it out of your library. But, like, there's no way to tell if you, like, if you read it after that. So you just have to, like, keep track of it on your own that you're, like, up to date. And you haven't missed a month. Or you're constantly, like, borrowing, downloading, flipping through a few pages and be like, nope, I read this issue. On to the next one. Yeah, that's, that's... Yeah, it would be nice. They have a subscribe option now, which they didn't have before, and that's cool. But it's super unclear if it's a – if I subscribe to this, are you going to charge me for these Comixology Unlimited books? Because you can buy them too if you don't have Comixology Unlimited. Mm-hmm. And like I'm not going to – because it all it says it when under like the, the info for su- subscribe is it will automatically add the books to your library as they release. And it does factor in the Comixology Unlimited discount because I think it's like 15 or 20% off um, basically all purchases if you're a subscriber. But it's like, yeah. if if that's a Comixology Unlimited free book, will it just get added to my library? Or are you going to start charging me, like, the two bucks for it every fucking month? Because, like, that would be super shitty, and I don't want to find out. <laughs> oh, trust. I, they, if if they I found out, like, they did that, they would get... I Oh, man. I would run them through the ringer. I would get my money back, and I would just blow up their spot big time. I have I've no... No, um... Uh, no, no... Reserve, I guess. Uh, when it comes to big corporations, big companies being shitty like that and sending out shitty products, I, I, and I'm constantly running big corporations through the ringer on Twitter, like, "Hey, this thing got fucked up. What are you gonna do for me?" Kind of thing. I, I actually did that earlier this week with uh with a Funko Pop that I got. Yeah, and like I don't blame you, but like again, it's Amazon. Like their support is Amazon put support not bad. It is entirely too difficult to contact support and. Sometimes not worth the hassle. <laughs> it's it's oh, see that's the thing. That's how they get away with this shit because people like you is like it's not worth the hassle. It's a pain in the ass. It's not worth it. It is worth it. And if you make it worth it and you do this, then maybe if enough people turn around and like get their fucking refunds because they fuck shit up like this, then maybe Amazon will stop being such a shitty. Co- most likely not, but you never know. It 100% won't, because the guy in charge of it is just a disgusting yeah. piece of shit of a human being. But Yeah. 
And like, and to be fair, like I always go through the con, like through all of the hoops to contact them when something is wrong. Yeah. But like, it's just it's borderline not worth the effort. And I feel like if there's a comicsology issue, it's going to be even worse because the Amazon support's not going to know what the fuck to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. For sure. But yeah, that's, it's just like I said. That's why I always go through Twitter because it's like it's a public space. So they're like, uh oh, let's let's deal with this now so that I, this way I don't have to figure out who I'm contacting. They contact me. That only happens sometimes though. Like like those social media like help accounts. Like it, unless you have a lot of followers, you're like a second class citizen. Like if they have the time and they're available, they'll respond to you. But more often than not, they won't. I, I've literally never had a problem with getting help or and like any sort of help on using Twitter. Uh, T-Mobile, uh, uh, Udi's Bagels, like Udi, the gluten-free bread company. Like I've gotten help from them. I've gotten help from the um, what's that? Uh, um, popcorn. Um, Angie's popcorn or whatever. Oh, I have no clue. I don't eat gluten-free uh, stuff. Oh, it's popcorn. I know. I'm kidding. I'm just saying though, like. I, I, uh, like, any, even now with Hot Topic, like, I had a problem with a, something they sent me. It was broken. Like, never taken out of the box. I take it out of the box. It fell apart. And they're like, oh, we're sorry about that. DM us. I DM'd them. And I, I sent this last night at like seven o'clock at night. And I got a refund before noon this morning. And do I don't you have a lot think, of followers. Do you honestly think Amazon would do that if you tweeted at Amazon? I, I don't know if you if you may I don't know maybe it's worth a try at least and if not you you have record of complaining about it and not even really you can't even really call it complaints as much as it's just like hey there is a problem here's an image of it how are you gonna fix this and if they don't fix it then you have proof that they're a shitty company which people already know anyway yeah, just, hey, but then you can like then you can like maybe feed into other things hey. This company's shitty. I reached out to them. They never helped me. I tried to call them. They never helped me kind of thing. Like, it's, like, it's, it's the idea of a paper trail, essentially. It's always good to have a paper trail. You can mock up emails, but if you put it, if you tweet at Twitter, uh, yesterday and three years from now, you can say, hey, on 2-22-22, I tweeted this and you still never got back to me. You at least always have proof of that because it's always going to be on Twitter. Eh, that's fair. But like, I also don't generally care that much. I would just rather not purchase the thing if I'm not sure about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Trust me, yeah. I was mad that my Funko Pop was broken, and I never took it out the box until I took it out the box. That is a, that is a shame. Um, but yeah, so like, Comixology really just fucked everything. Or I guess I guess Amazon fucked Comixology, and it's a huge fucking bummer. Yeah, um, yeah. Cause, like, I like Amazon. Yeah, I only started using it like somewhat recently, like back in like September or so. And it's been really cool since then. Like I've read it's Comicsology Unlimited was a hundred percent worth the like five bucks a month it costs. Mm-hmm. Cause like there's so much stuff you can read on there. And even if you only read like you have to read two comics a month to pay for it. So as long as you yeah. read two comics that you're not buying otherwise, you, you covered the cost of, of the service. It's kind of like, um, like the Shonen Jump app. It's two dollars a month. As long as you read one fucking book on there a month, you, you've paid for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's a bummer. Uh, but in slightly like cooler comic related stuff, um, Spider Man has been a thing for a while. I don't know if you remember me mentioning this back in the fall, but um, they started like a new storyline um, where Ben Riley, 
the Scarlet Spider from the 90s, was coming back and taking over as Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am a huge Ben Riley fan. Um, yes. He arguably has the best Spider-Man costume with the blue hoodie. Yeah, gestures to your dog. Yeah, exactly. Um, downside, uh, in this comic, he does not have the hoodie. He has a he has a costume more um, in line with what he wore when he was Spider-Man in the 90s, when he thought he was the real Peter Parker, because uh, mm-hmm. the clone saga was weird. But that storyline, it started off actually really cool. Um, it's unfortunately not going to be going that much longer, it seems. And they're kind of getting to a point where, like, they're kind of messing with Ben in a way where it's, like, it's kind of a bummer. Because a lot of writers have just really done him dirty. Uh, like, he was killed in the 90s, and you fa- and and he found out the hard way that he was not the real Peter Parker um, when he dissolved into dust. And then they brought him back maybe, like, five or six years ago now um, as a villain. Like, he was basically he, the guy who cloned him, kind of, like, resurrected him with his memories, but then just kept killing him and resurrecting him over and over again until he sort of snapped and became, like, a more of an antagonist than anything. But, like, he was, like, an antagonist that, like, had, like, relatively good intentions. Just, like, yeah. going about it the wrong way. He was using what powers he had gotten from, like, killing the guy that was, like, resurrecting and killing him to, like, clone dead people and, like, bring them back to life, essentially. Yeah. Um, and, like, it just, it didn't go well. And, but then, like, he had, like, a little bit of a redemption arc and everything. Um, like, that led to this, where, like, he is Spider-Man again and, like, he's doing good. But, like, they're kind of, like, pushing him in a direction where it seems like maybe he is going to become a, like, half villain for the later half of this arc. Not necessarily intentionally, but just, like, what they're doing to his character is kind of pushing him in that direction. Um, and it, I'm bummed about that. And I hope that, like, when they wrap it up, they bring him back to being, like, a good guy again. Because mm-hmm. I think, like, him and Peter teaming up is always cool, even though, like, everyone in Peter's life kind of doesn't like Ben because he is kind of just a reminder of, like, a bad time and a bad person. Yeah. Um, but the thing I think is actually really strange uh, and, and what I want to talk about. So the beginning of this run, uh, Pete gets injured, and he's actually fighting with, like, him and Ben are fighting enemies together. And Ben has, like, a newer, like, high-tech suit that actually has, like, chemical filters and stuff like that to prevent him from, like, gases and things. Pete doesn't. And this enemy hits him with something that's, like, some sort of, like, chemical agent. And, like, it really fucks him up. Like, puts him in a coma for a few issues. Like, and he's still, at this point, you know, six months in, um, basically in um, physical therapy at a hospital. Like, during the day, he's doing physical therapy with, like, a nurse. And at night, he's doing, like, superhero physical therapy with Captain America and Black Cat. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that has just kind of bugged me this whole arc, while he was in a coma, Mary Jane was there, Aunt May was there. Mary Jane knows he's Spider-Man, knows all of his friends, spent, like, a year or something like that working for Tony for Tony Stark. Like, knows the Fantastic Four, knows Tony Stark, knows Doctor Strange, like is not a stranger to the superheroes and the super geniuses. At no point does she go to any of the super geniuses she knows when the fucking doctors can't figure out what's wrong with Peter to be like, hey, Spider-Man is dying. Can you fucking help him? Yeah, yeah. The only person who does anything out of the ordinary is Aunt May, who calls up fucking Dr. Octopus. Okay. And that, so Aunt May has no idea that Peter is Spider-Man. Does she know that Doc Ock is Doc Ock? She does. They were engaged briefly in the 70s or 80s. That's weird. 
Yeah, there there was a point where like Doc Ock and Aunt May were a thing. Doc Ock still has a thing for Aunt May too. Um, okay. And I'm actually not sure at this point if Doc Ock remembers being Spider-Man or if I think he remembers being Spider-Man, but he doesn't. I don't know that he remembers that Pete is Spider-Man. Is is Doc Ock still evil? He's evil again. Okay. So there was a stretch um, of fuck almost a decade ago now where Doc Ock put his mind into Pete's body while his body was dying. I remember the superior stuff. Yeah. So that happened. Pete used, like, his own memories to make Doc Ock, like, good adjacent. Like, he was more in li- Doc Ock was more in line with the Punisher at that point than, like, Spider-Man. Like, yeah. he wasn't above being, like, brutally um, physical with things, but, like, generally wanted to do good. Mm-hmm. And, like, that mentality stuck with him post-Superior Spider-Man. He cloned a new body at one point, and, like, rather than going back to looking like Doc Ock, he kind of had, like... I think he spliced his his original genes with Peter's genes so that he looked different, but still had all of the spider powers. Mm-hmm. It was very goofy. Um, but at the end of like his like solo book, he ends up um, having to make a deal with the devil, literally, and loses his memories, like loses his like Spider Man memories of like being a good guy and like why he was being a good guy, and reverts to his like Doctor Octopus like body. Okay. Um. And so, like, since then, he has been more bad guy than than anything else. Um, like, more in it for his own own gain. But, like, I'm just not sure if he remembers that Pete is Spider-Man or if he just remembers that he was Spider-Man, but, like, nothing really beyond that or, like, why he tried to be good when he was good. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, like, Aunt May, only one that thinks outside the box when the fucking entire team of doctors at a hospital can't figure out what's wrong with Pete. And, like, she has no idea that there's anything special about Pete. Like, she just thinks that, like, he was involved in, there was a, there was a, a superhero battle at his college, um, and he got caught in the crossfire. That's all she knows. College, is, he's, he's not a, he's not a teenager again, is he? He's not in college, is he? He's a professor, at least? Oh, no. Or a scientist? Um, he is a, I, I think he's technically a teacher's aide, um, but he is, um, he is taking college courses again. So, uh, when Doc Ock was Spider-Man, Doc Ock actually got him his PhD. Okay. So, Doc Ock, Pete, PhD, went, like, finished that degree up because Pete never did, because Spider-Manning. Um, when Pete got back into his own head and everything like that, and, like, w- was actually, like, doing well for himself, like, had his own company that Doc Ock started, and, like, all this other stuff. Um, because Doc Ock wrote all of his, like, thesis papers, they, um, they basically charged him with plagiarism and revoked his degree. Oh my god, this is <laughs> stupid. That is, because, but it was Pete. Like, I mean, no, it wasn't Pete, it but wasn't. it was Pete. It, but but the, the college doesn't fucking know that. Exactly. So as How? far as as far as they know, he plagiarized Doctor Otto, Otto Octavius's work. But how does how? But it was under. It, no, no. Like so, Otto wrote like whatever Otto wrote about was similar to a paper that he had published previously as a scientist before he was Doc Ock. Oh. It wasn't the same, but it was one of those, and because, so the problem, I think, like, like the way it was kind of explained in the book was, it wasn't word for word, like, he didn't just, like, copy and paste, like, a Wikipedia article, but because it was literally written by the same person, enough of just the tone and context and points were the same, that, like, there was reasonable cause to think that it was plagiarism. And there's no way for Pete to explain that. Like they, they need to change the title of Spider-Man books too. This is why we can't have nice things. No, like that's the thing with Spider-Man is he, 
and most comic books. There are very few comic books where like status quo change can be even like slightly permanent. So like Tony Stark has at various times in his comic book career been rich and poor. Because he started out rich, he will always inevitably be rich. Yeah. Um Pete has always just kind of had like that bad luck that is more just he is incredibly selfless and puts everybody else before himself in yeah. like every conceivable way that it ends up just really negatively impacting all of his like personal and social affairs. Mm-hmm. Um and so whenever Pete is on like an upswing, they eventually have to bring it back down to like that status quo of him being kind of like on the lower end of things, like just scraping by. <laughs> I mean, they did that with with uh, No Way Home as well. Like they they always do. They, yeah, Pete always has to be down on his luck for some reason. Yeah, and so the idea basically is like he's down on his luck, but like he like keeps at it and pulls himself up, and that's very much what they're doing now. Like he is he is pushing himself to be able to stop things that he is in no shape to stop right now. Mm-hmm. Like he is still like he. Can, so Black Cat has no superpowers. She's basically like she is like Catwoman with a little more. She has um bad luck powers, but I think they're actually scientifically like given to her. It's not like an actual like superpower. Mm-hmm. Um, but like otherwise, she's just you know she's acrobatic and and like gymnast level stuff. Like yeah. Um, Pete has trouble keeping up with her right now. She, he is in such bad shape. Like his strength is is fucked his spider sense is fucked his coordination and speed and everything are fucked but like he's still all because Mary Jane was being a little bit of a bitch and not calling the super friends like yeah like i and it's one of those things it's like it's never even like mentioned or referenced and like i know that in a lot of cases they don't like Pete has kept his identity secret since he made a deal with the devil to erase that from everybody's mind cuz everybody makes a fucking deal with the devil in marvel comics yeah. Um, but like the Fantastic Four know, knows who he is. He he took his mask off for the Fantastic Four. Like they are the closest thing the family he has in the superhero world. Yeah. Like there's a reason that when Johnny Storm supposed like seemingly died in the negative zone, that Pete took over. Um, and it's like Reed Richards, one of the like top three smartest people in the Marvel universe, could probably figure out if not figure out the the solution for it, at least figure out what was wrong with him. Yeah, it's just, oh man, comic yeah, like, book writing, man. The, and, like, it's a shame because, like, I'm sure it's one of those things where that is the easy solution. So, like, rather than even propose the easy solution, they just don't even bring it up. But then you have assholes like me who's just like, he's best friends with the fucking Fantastic Four. Like, Reed Richards could probably figure this out in his sleep. Tony Stark could also probably figure it out. Doctor Strange could probably figure it out. And I'm like 90% sure Strange knows that he's Peter. Um and literally like so th- there's a um there was a, a like a little mini event of the death of Doctor Strange that was happening. Um while like after Peter woke up from his coma. Like he was still mm-hmm. in the hospital though. Um that in that event he Doctor Strange reaches out to Pete for help. And it it like Ben ends up getting it instead because like the person that delivers it doesn't realize that the guy in the Spider-Man suit isn't Pete. Yeah. But, like, they're obviously in, on good enough terms that Doctor Strange is going to him for help. Like, the motherfucker would have done a spell to try and help the guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's very goofy. And, like, that's comic books, but, like, I don't know. There's a lot of other good comics right now. Fantastic Four is real good. Iron Man's pretty good. Avengers are, eh. There was another one that was really good, and I, oh, Devil's Reign. 
Man, Daredevil got good all of a sudden. Nice, nice. It's good to see that Daredevil's getting some light. Yeah, like, the, the current, like, the last couple of years of Daredevil have been really good. Uh, but, like, there's, like, a, a little, like, it's almost like a little mini Netflix Defenders thing going on. Um, uh, Fisk is mayor of New York, and he's on, like, a fucking rampage to outlaw, um, superheroes. Mm-hmm. So he's deputizing all the supervillains. Because why the fuck this, not, right? This, like, this is a thing that gets me with comics. Wilson fucking Fisk is mayor. Did he sell his soul to the devil for people to forget what the fuck he's done? Like, who was the president of the United States for four years? True, true, but, like... And I'm pretty sure, so, they made Fisk... I don't think, I don't think Trump's crimes were as heinous as Fisk's, though. Fisk Fisk has been expunged of all of the supposed crimes that he was accused of. He has, there is, he has no actual record as far as I know. And that's, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. Like, that was, that was my, that's kind of my same problem with, uh, I don't know how far into Batwoman you are. I'm caught up with Okay, so the storyline with Batwoman and her, her, her brother, where he flat out Kills someone in fucking Wayne Tower office, but is able to easily take over. No one says anything about it. Yeah. I'm sure there's security tapes of it, but no. No, there's definitely no security tapes in that part of the building. I'm sure there's security tapes where he killed someone, like, showing where he killed someone. There has to be. That is probably true. But yeah, I mean, that is very much comic books. Comic books make no sense. And you're right, like, Fisk shouldn't have been mayor, but the public voted for him. Um... And it, it's being set up right now that uh, he, he's up for, so de- part of Devil's Reign is he is up for re-election. Mm-hmm. And Luke Cage is the one running against him. Okay. Um, but he has the Purple Man from Jessica Jones held captive and is basically, like, forcing him to, like, mind control the city. Who's he? Fisk or? No, no, like, Cage. Fisk. So the Purple Man's abilities don't work on Fisk. Okay, um, so that, well, you just said he, so I wasn't sure if you were, you meant Fisk had the Purple Man or Luke Cage had the Purple Man. No, so, uh, yeah, no, not not Luke Cage, yeah. Fisk has the Purple Man, like, held captive, and is basically forcing him to use, like, because he's using his power on basically the entirety of New York City, it's, like, a very low-level suggestion versus, like, what you see in, like, the Jessica Jones show where, like, it was full-on, like, control. Yeah. But it's it's basically enough to, like, convince the entire city to vote for Fisk again. Yes, yeah. I hate I hate it. I but hate like, it. It's such a good storyline. Like ele- And here's and, and the thing's he'll get reelected and then they'll find out that that he was doing this and there was collusion and all this and he'll get kicked out of office, but he'll be expunged of everything because he'll make a statement because he's a rich white man, he'll make a statement that the purple man was forcing him to do that. Oh yeah, no, a hundred percent something like that'll happen. He did um he did go to jail for a while. Back in like oh eight, he was in prison. Um it was it was post Civil War, so it was after um Spider Man had unmasked himself. Yeah. He hired somebody to kill Spider Man, like Pete. Yeah. And that, that bullet hit Aunt May. And right. that was when Pete broke into the prison and just beat the ever living shit out of Fisk. Yeah. As Peter. Like he literally takes off his like mask and, and shirt. And says, and he says something like, "I'm not here to beat you up as Spider-Man. I'm here to beat you up as Peter Parker." And then, like, and it's at this point he has organic webbing still too. So, like, he holds his wrist up to Fisk's mouth, and he's like, "The second, the second her uh, her heart stops beating, 
I'm back here and I fill your lungs with webbing and watch you suffocate to death. Yeah. And then he's like, but for now I'm going to leave you in front of all these prisoners who just saw you get your ass kicked. Good luck. And like leaves. Yeah. But yeah, then at some point he gets out and gets expunged and becomes mayor of New York. Oh my goodness. Comic books, man. Comic books. It's great. They're, they're, they're so stupid. I love it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Sp- Spider-Man's cool. I just, yeah. Why the fuck didn't anybody go to the smart guys? Because, like you said, it would have been too easy. It wouldn't have made an actual um, issue, essentially. Like, like there there would not have been an actual problem if MJ just would have gone to read and been like, Spider-Man, he's, he's, he's not doing good. Or if she would have gone to uh, uh, Stark and been like, hey, my boyfriend, he's not doing good. Uh, can you help him? Here's what happened. Like, it's just it wouldn't have made a good problem. Oh, yeah. No, look, you are a 100% correct. And like I said, I totally get why they didn't do it. But then at the same time, like, after he wakes up, they bring fucking Captain America in to help, like, get him back in the fighting shape. It's like, so somebody thought to go get fucking Steve Rogers, who definitely has better shit to do than train a kid who can barely fucking stand. But you didn't think to go get the super geniuses who probably could have fixed him without having to go through physical therapy. Does does Captain America have better things to do? I mean, he's an Avenger. I'm sure he does. Uh, but so is Tony Stark. I'm sure so is... They aren't, like, half the Marvel Universe Avengers, like... I mean, look, Iron Man and Cap are both, yes, Avengers, but, like, Reed isn't. Reed's just a member of the Fantastic Four. He's busy. Look, man, the last, like, three issues of Fantastic Four was a fucking court case. Like, literally, they they were fighting a supervillain for custody of the supervillain's clone child. Jesus. <laughs> That's... You know what it is, then? It's, um, Cap is on sabbatical. He's taking, taking some time off. And his time off is to train, train yeah. Spider-Man again. I actually, I'm pretty, so funny enough, I think the most recent issue, um, Black Cat showed up for like the evening training and basically said, oh yeah, Cap, Cap's off planet. Like, <laughs> there's Avengers business happening off planet. So he's taking care of that right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right, like, why the fuck not? Sure. Okay. <laughs> just, that's the thing. In order to read comics, you just got to accept it. It's like being a, a, a fan of wrestling. You just got to accept it. Yeah. And it's like, I'm totally down for the fact that like there there's a Fantastic Four story happening right now that's sort of like a, like in a a pseudo event that Spider Man was just in like he he was in the opening pages of it totally fine and yeah. but like at the same time his book is running and like everything's fucked um so like I'm fine with that it's just like silly stuff it's like you've made it very clear they these guys are all in the same universe like they fucking call each other and show up and help each other all the time like this seems like one of those times where that should have happened yeah, or at least like. Sure. They should have at least, like, just to, like, clear that out of the way, they should have at least had, like, a panel of, like, them going to somebody and somebody, like, running tests and just being, like, it's, like, it doesn't make sense. Like, his weird biology is having, because, like, you figure that out. Like, like it's inferred that his weird biology is just reacting to this stuff in a very weird way. Yeah. But, like, you literally have, like, Reed go, yeah, I've never seen this before. Like, I'm going to have to try and figure this out. And then that's that. But, like, yeah. they don't. And, like, that's fine. Like, I get it. It's, like, it's it's almost a weekly book right now. It's, um, Amazing is releasing three times a, a month. Plus, they're doing, like, um, tie-in issues on that one-off week a month. So, like, yeah. that's a lot of books. And there's, there's a lot of creative people working on it. So, you have, like, mm-hmm. I think it's, like, three or four writers are sort of rotating through, like, little mini arcs of, like, this one larger arc. But, yeah, I don't know. Comic books are weird and fun. I like them. They and are something else. This is totally unrelated to, to all of that stuff. 
I don't remember if you ever responded. What did you think of that fucking white tiger dragon sword Power Rangers thing I sent you a while ago? Oh, is that the? I think I, I think you sent it to me, and I absolutely loved it. Or not think I remember looking at it, and I absolutely loved it. I have to look it up again. Yeah, um, so because you I wonder, sent it it's personal, right? You didn't send it to. Yeah, because Drew wouldn't have given a shit. But yeah, it was yeah. um in the current um Power Rangers the um so th- there's two different books going on, and there's two different sets of Rangers. Zach Trini and um Jason are basically Space Rangers now. Um, cause this is post them leaving for the peace summit stuff. Yeah. And then Tommy and Kimberly and, and everybody else are still on earth as like normal Rangers, but they have this, um, comic only character that is the green Ranger again. Like, like Billy basically helped to like recreate the green power coin. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're fighting these like giant alien enemies. Um, I sent it to you on January 18th. I just found it. Um, but there it is. It's the third one. Yeah. yeah. They were, um, they're fighting this, these like giant alien enemies that are basically like going around destroying planets in the universe, like cleansing them, as they call it. And the big thing they do is they fucking do a, uh, white tiger dragon zord. So they, they fucking fuse the, the white tiger zord and the dragon zord, and it's fucking cool as shit looking. Yeah, it's so cool. I love it. I love it. Cause like, it's the point where, um, the thunder megazord is already fighting. They don't really need the, you don't need the white tiger zord for that, and you don't need the dragon zord for it. And then the space ranger guys, um, the, I forget what they're actually called. They have a different name than space rangers. Um, they have their own megazord, and their blue ranger is a fucking alien tiger. Yeah. Like, those power ranger books are way too good for their own, like, they, they shouldn't actually be as good as they are. But, uh, so you beat Ori and started Ori. Yeah, yeah. What so, a segue. Uh, <laughs> what a segue. Uh, yeah, so on uh, Monday, uh, I sat down to play Ori in the Blind Forest, Metroidvania Monday. I believe it was only my third session. Yeah, so probably a total of about eight and a half hours or so. Under ten hours to beat this game, it's, it, it, from what I can recall. Uh, but yeah, I sat down to play it on stream for Metroidvania Monday, and... Um, I didn't realize how close to the end of the game I was when I stopped the week before. So I was just like, oh, I, I wish I had just beaten it the week before. This way I didn't have to, like, have this little, like, break in gameplay and whatnot. But it is such a good game. The, the powers that you get throughout the game, uh, the powers that you have to unlock throughout the game, um, and, 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 like, I, like, there's two powers I never unlocked because they're in an area I never went to. And I thought I needed to clear the fire temple before I went into that area because it was so dark. So that's just weird, in my opinion. It's just weird. Um, but it's it's really good. It's such a good game. The story is very interesting. The boss, like, you feel bad for the, the final boss. Um, and I like that it's not a game built around... There is combat. But it's not built around combat, but it still has that Metroidvania exploration style and progression system. But, like, you don't have to fight things. Like, you can just zip by, but the less you fight, the less experience you get. And all of the, like, boss battles, in my opinion, what can be considered boss battles, are really just escape puzzles. Are, like, very fast-paced escape puzzles. I think that's one of the things I liked about Ori so much, because, like, it's... Combat is almost like a like a secondary feature to it. A yeah. lot of the game, like the combat, is very light. Like there's not a lot to it. 
Um, it gets a little more in depth when you get like some of like the power ups, but it's really more about the exploration and like the platforming and like figuring out like the puzzles and and like yeah. you said, like the es- yeah. the escapes it's, from like the areas. It does a really good job of what uh, Metroid Dread does, where like I mean, as long as you're smart with the way you do your saving, where like your your checkpoints are in good point- spots, as long as you set them. And it was a lot of times I forgot to set checkpoints. But also, like, after you do it once or twice, you then realize, oh, this is what I'm doing wrong, this is what I'm doing right kind of stuff. And you figure it out pretty quickly to where it's not that hard um, to, like, progress to where you were before. Because there, there were a bunch of times that, like, I died and it felt like it was, like, ten minutes from where I last saved. But, it like, after knowing what I had to do and get to where I had to go, it was, like five minutes not even it was pretty quick um and then you just i got into the method like especially the final the fire temple of making sure to save before every room because each room was a pretty difficult one hit kill puzzle in and of itself yeah but and some of those like puzzle things are like it's tough and like you it is not uncommon at least for me it's not super uncommon like to like just get totally fucking stuck somewhere and just like staring at like I feel like this is how where I need to go. I cannot figure out for the fucking life of me how to go there though. Oh, so the 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 worst part with the fire temple is you have to go all the way up to the top and then there's doors on each side and you have to do the door on the left side to be able to go down one level to do the door on the left side on the level below and then so forth and so on for four levels. Like for four floors essentially. There's also a door on the right side. Um, I went into the door on the right side first. Well, no, I went into the door on the left side of the top floor first. Looked at it and was like, like not even three three seconds. I was like, I I need whatever ability they're going to give me to get through this. Obviously, I need to get through half of this before I get through the other. So then I go to the other side, to the right side, and I get, go all the way down, and I get no new abilities or anything. I'm like, what the hell? What's going on? And I go back all the way up to the top left. I'm like, oh, I should have done each floor one at a, like each floor at a time instead of one side than the other. Because I could have progressed through that first room that I went into on the left. I just wasn't reading the puzzle properly. And I'm like, damn, this, I mean, it does, it didn't really set me back too much, but it would have been a little bit less backtracking to do the top floor than the, second to top, then the third, then the, like, the second floor, then the first floor, then the base floor. Like, yeah, there's, there are some diff- difficult kind of puzzles, and then there are some puzzles that I could never even figure out because I never got the ability to do them, which, like, I be- I believe it's, like, pulling a switch that you need a specific ability to pull, but that ability is in the dark area that I never went to. So it's just, it like, there, there are a I was like 98% or I was like between 95 and 99% clear of every location on the map, but like one or two things in each location I missed because I didn't go to the final location that is completely optional. Which that's, I didn't realize that dark area was optional. I, I, I thought I was thinking the whole time, like, I'll, I'll go, it'll send me here. It'll send me here. And I do all the different puzzles and all the different temples and i'm like all right it's gonna send me the fire temple and then i have to probably go down to the dark area or something and i was just like it'll send me there it'll send me there i need i need it to be brighter because i can't see no no it just 
it was optional. And I was like, oh, okay. And I just beat it. And it was good. Like, the, the, the end of, end of the story, like, like I said, he really felt for the villain. The villain wasn't really a villain, but it was just a mad, um, and they, they redeemed themselves and they saved the world. And it's just like, it was such a beautiful thing and you just feel so good about it. And then you go into Will of the Wisps and it brings you pretty much right from the end of Blind Forest. Oh, so it, it just picks up from where that one left off? Uh, so you, you beat Blind Forest, right? I feel like I did, but it was long enough ago now that I may not have. I'm honestly not sure. Well, I remember I'm the dark gonna... area. I did the dark area. <laughs> so you might have beaten more of it than I did. But I'm just going to throw down spoilers now, and I'm just going to say it. At the end of Blind Forest, uh, or through as you're playing through Blind Forest, when you get through the, the Wind Temple, you find out what happened to Koro's... I believe that was the bird's name. What happened that made Koro angry. And what made Koro angry was... Her, her baby chicklets died. Um, and there's one egg left, but it's just, it's not hatching. And so she's angry. Um, and so you do the whole final end sequence after the fire temple, and Koro's chasing you throughout this, cause Koro blames you for it. Um, and you end up, uh, like, clearing, like, the corruption of the forest and returning light to it. But, like, one of the items that Kumo had, like, she sees that, grabs it, and brings it to the spirit tree, which then stops the, the forest fire from going on. And, uh, which ends up, Koro gives their life, but you get the egg, and th- throughout the end of it, uh, like, as the credits roll, the egg starts to hatch. So, Will of the Wisp has you raising, uh, I can't remember the bird's name, uh, Kai, maybe? I, I believe I can't remember, I'd have to look it up. But it has you raising the baby bird. That was Kuro's kin. And, like, the the beginning of it has you, like, teaching it how to fly and stuff like that. Then you find out that one of its wings is messed up and it doesn't have feathers on it. So you give the feather that you had from Kuro from the first one so then it could glide and fly around. And then you go flying and it's all happy. And then the game starts because you two get separated in, in a new land. So it's literally, like uh, like, seconds away from the end to the beginning. It was really cool. And just, like, they pull in the art style, it's great. They made the movement more smooth and fluid. They made the combat more fluid. It is very much more similar to, say, um, uh, uh, Hollow Knight in a way than it is, like, Ori and maybe, like, Metroid. Where in this one, you get badges that you can increase, like, you can have your setup and you have to select what abilities to use. So right now I'm running around. I've got a sword. I've got a bow and arrow. And I've got like a ground pound. But you can swap out like any of those. And you can select what button it's on. You can swap those out for one that's a healing button. So that if I, and, and you can swap it out on the fly. It doesn't have to be at a specific point. So like if you're, if you cleared a bunch of enemies and you have some mana left and you want to heal, go ahead, swap out and do the regeneration and stuff like that. But it adds a little bit more depth into the combat system. It makes it feel a little bit more fluid. Um, makes the movement, it, uh, feel a little, a little bit more fluid as well. And it just, again, pulls onto that beautiful art style, that like hand drawn, beautiful art style. It's just so awesome. Yeah. Like that, that, that series. And I, cause I, I haven't played, uh, Will of the Wisp. Just absolutely gorgeous like great sound design great character design great world design like the animation's always really good yeah it's it's all so good 
music is fantastic. The art is is great. I like I look forward to playing it every Monday and I'm like I'm a little bummed out because my ske- my my streaming schedule is changing next week because Elden Ring comes out on Friday. I'm going to be playing Elden Ring all week next week when I stream. So I'm like, damn, that's a week longer before I go back to play Will of the Wisps. You know what's going to suck, too? That week, you're going to fucking forget everything. Um, I mean, I always, anytime I jump into a game on all streams, I spend a few minutes relearning how to play the game. Because I play so many different games on stream. Like, uh, Monday was uh, Ori, and then yesterday we played Apex. And so I had to spend a few rounds actually getting back into the rhythm because I hadn't played Apex in over a month. So when are you, when are you getting back to Pokemon, though? Uh, I was going to do it on Friday, but Elden Ring. So I might do a stream Sunday after we're done recording because Sunday is Pokemon Day. So I might do a long stream, play some Pokemon on Pokemon Day. That's fair. I- and then And then probably after next week, after I get a good fill of Elden Ring, maybe... I don't know. I might, I I might take a break from Mega Man to do Pokemon and Elden Ring until I beat one or both of them. Yeah, I mean, I don't think. I mean, Pokemon might take you a while longer because you're only playing on stream for three or four but, hours at a time. Elden, uh, Pokemon is also a game that I don't mind not playing on stream. Like I, I've been meaning to like jump into that if I have downtime or whatever and play that for a bit. Um, especially non-story progressive content, but last time I played, I played for three hours, didn't progress the story at all. So, I don't mind playing Pokemon just on my own. Elden Ring is a little bit more of a, I don't mind playing that on my own as a separate save, but my main save will be, be on stream. Which, I don't know, that, that seems like a lot for me. Like, I'd rather be able to play that game just whenever, because it is such a, it's a, it's a big open world, like, Souls game, so. Yeah. But, um, people... People love watching people play the same thing. It's weird. Yeah. That's that's, uh, one of the reasons why it's been harder for me to grow as a streamer is because I am so uh, variety. I don't stick to a specific thing. I have so much different variety in the games I play. After I'm done Ori in the Blind Forest, I'm probably going to take some time off of Metroidvanias and play other games that aren't Metroidvania. I might do, uh, what is... As Death something where you play as a crow. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, Death Store. That ga- Death so, Store, yeah. You told me about it a while ago, but I'd known about it for a long time at that yeah. point. Um, I need to play a little bit more of it, but uh, maybe next week, depending on like how like this weekend and all looks, um, I might talk about that a little bit because like I only played about an hour, or two hours of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely not like a me game. Like I don't, I'm not gonna play it long term. Uh, yeah. But I definitely think it's a you and Drew game. Yeah, it's it's from what I'm hearing, it's very much like a Zelda like action RPG type game. It's like if they took um, a Zelda game and mixed it with like um not like a Souls game as far as like how difficult it is, mm-hmm. but like leaning more in that direction. Yeah, because like there's there. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Let's say like the combat, like in certain combat situ- situations, are super hard, and like when you die, you die. Like you. Like you, you resurrect at like the last place you were at, which might have been quite a while ago. Yeah, but and like, then there's the, uh, sorry, go ahead. There, there's a new game that uh, came out early February that's on Game Pass called Dreamscaper, which looks interesting. It's getting about three and a half to fours as reviews on there, and it's kind of being keyed as like an action adventure roguelike or roguelite. Okay, so I like I, I want to try that out. So there's a bunch of games to where I'm I am getting to the point that I'm going to stick with. 
the Mega Man's on Thursdays, but um, and and team games on or multiplayer games on Tuesdays. But my Mondays and Fridays are going to be a little bit more free for a while, just so I can catch up on the games that I want to play. And and don't get me wrong, the Ori games, Hollow Knight, those were games I wanted to play. But now there are more games out there that I want to play that I'm not really getting into playing. Yeah, no, I I definitely get that. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about Ori, though? If you've never played Ori in Blind Forest and Ori in the Will of the Wisps, just play it. It's it's so worth it. It is so worth it. Even if you don't like it, the the art style alone you you'll love, and and it's just it's worth just looking or just find my Twitch, and if if enough people view it, maybe I'll put all my three. All my game, all my playthroughs on uh on YouTube. You should be doing that anyway. I I do some of them. I don't do them all. Like when I play um when I play Mega Man, if I beat a Mega Man in the one playthrough, I'll, I'll upload that. When I do City Skylines, I'll upload that. Um, but I'm not gonna upload just gameplay of random game because I I don't me personally I don't know how entertaining that content would be. And so I like I you don't need to watch that to know fully what because I'm not really even doing instructive videos or like I don't know it, it's just weird to upload my playthroughs of a game that's a midway point kind of thing in my opinion. Well, so it depends if if it's a game that you're going back and playing on stream like every week, every other week, like you keep <clears throat> uploading them to YouTube and you put them in a playlist so that people can watch your progress through that game over the weeks. Yeah. Uh, and, and and I might I might do that with Elden Ring as since I'm going to be playing it so consistently. It's like here's how I progress and get better or worse, or here's my breakdown and and complete blow up of the game because there's probably going to be at least one. Um, oh yeah, you're definitely going to rage quit. Yeah, there's there's always at least one rage quit when I play one of these games. Um, I remember what it was in Demon Souls. I remember for Bloodborne, it was. I played it for two hours and then didn't touch it for six months. Um, there, there's definitely, I might be a little bit more cognizant of not rage quitting because I'll be on camera, or at least I won't be yelling and screaming at the game like I did when I was playing Demon's Souls because I'll be on cam, but I'll at least be like a little bit more, bit more mindful of, oh, I'm on the internet. Maybe I should chill. Maybe I, don't I should know. chill. I don't know, man. You have that like full on meltdown on stream. You go viral. Shit's shit's done. Look, if I didn't go viral from playing uh, Super Mario World and having a meltdown, I'm not going to go viral. Come on now. I I saw some Super Mario World. You didn't like lose it the way I know you can lose it. You you didn't you didn't see the one where I rage quit. So rage quitting is different than like you just like fuck this, throwing your controller and just stopping the stream. No, there was well, I mean, I flat I I was. Uh, it was maybe an hour and a half into stream. Like, I streamed for three hours. I'd stay strict, cl- tight two and a half to three hours. And after about an hour and a half, I had one viewer, maybe, and I just was having a shitty fucking time, was not having fun, and I was just like, I'm done. I'm fucking done. Guys, I'm sorry. This is not fun to me, and I'm just, fuck this. Fuck it all. And that was the last time I played Super Mario World. So, I'm going to use that as a as a segue. Um, so the the th- the next thing on the list is games you accidentally beat. Yeah. Uh, so yesterday, yesterday the day before, I forget which day it was now. I think it was the day before. Um, I accidentally beat Mario World in a sitting. Well, lucky you. 
Um, and like, I didn't do like the, the cheap route through Star, Star Road. Like, I, I beat the entire game. Um, <laughs> so the, the only things, I didn't hit all 96 exits. I didn't do all of Star Road. Um, I didn't do every alternate exit to every level. And I only went through the, um, the lower bridge. Uh, when you come out of Vanilla Dome, I didn't do the top bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, you know, they, I, I probably have like 70 of the 90 exits or something like that. Uh, I did do all of, um, Star Road 2 though. Star, Star Road Special, whatever you call it. The ones that the, uh, the, have you ever done those or seen those or have any idea at all what I'm talking about? No. All right. So you're familiar with Star Road at least? Yeah, vaguely. All right. So in Mario World, there's Star Road. You go around it. When you get to the last level of Star Road, if you beat that one and go through the, the proper, um, so uh, I guess all the Star Road levels have two exits. One of them is just like the goalpost at the end of a level that doesn't do anything. It just brings you to like the star that's attached to that level, essentially. To mm-hmm. open up the next like connection to the next level, you have to beat it through like the secret key exit. Yeah. Um, so when you do that to the last level of Star Road, it, um, there's like one of the, like a hill thing in the middle of Star Road. It opens up a ladder on that and another Star Warp point. And then when you hit that Star Warp point, it opens up, I want to say it's like two, four, like ten new levels that are all like generally super challenging platforming. The hardest one by far is it's either the second or third one. Um, there's almost zero ground in the level. The whole thing, you know, the pea balloons that make you float. Mm-hmm. basically the whole level you have to strategically make it through obstacles while you're the pea balloon and like find the blocks that have um extra pea balloons so that you can keep going mm-hmm. and like not get hit by piranha plants and koopas and charging chucks and the volcano flowers and shit like it's the fucking worst that one actually took me a few tries to get through but yeah like i sat down and about hour and a half later like i beat bowser i'm just like Oh, fuck. I, ju- I was just going to play the first few levels. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, nice. Yeah, so that so that, that made me wonder. It's like, have you ever beaten a game that, like, you didn't intend to beat or, like, you didn't realize how close you were to the end? And then all of a sudden, like, basically credits roll and you're just like, oh. It, it happens all the time for me. Um, I, I can give you... It, it's happened a lot, especially since I started streaming as well. Uh, I did it with uh, Returnal. Um, so when I played through Returnal on my final run, I made it through to, I made it through the, the, the fifth world and into the water temple. And as I was, or, or the water world, I call it the water temple because anywhere that's underwater is a water temple to me because they all fucking suck. Um, but I make it through like the water world and get to the final boss, not even realizing that like, it wasn't as much like I didn't know I was going to beat the game. But my goal was, now that I unlocked the final area, let's play until I die. And I did the whole final area without dying, including the final boss. Which is actually kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, and, and it just, it just happened. I was just like, I, I, I'm like, I, I started playing it and like, I looked at the clock and I'm like, guys, we're on the final run. Or we're, on, we're on our final run. It is 10 o'clock. I am not going to stop until I die because, I don't believe they—they they might have had like a mid-run save at the time. I also didn't trust keeping because potent, during the summer, uh, we have occasional just like momentary lapses in power, and I did not trust 
keeping my system in standby during that, just in case that happened. So I was like, this will be my final run. We're going to go until I die. Um, and we get into the Water Temple, we can make it all the way through, mid-boss of the Water Temple, final boss of the Water Temple, everything, done. I'm like, did I fucking beat the game and do the Water Temple in one run? Like, are you kidding me? Which oh. is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, then we, we talked about it with Ori as well, where, like, that was more specifically, like, kind of what you're talking about, where I didn't know I was going to the ending. I didn't know, because there's a whole section that I hadn't gone into, I was like, alright, this is just like, this is probably the second to last area, and I go into it, and it's it's the final area, and I'm like, oh, I beat Ori in the Blind Forest, okay. Um, and it's just, it happens to me more frequently. I I, I, I can even think of Final Fantasy thirteen, and, and this is when I was still working at McDonald's, mind you. Okay, so and that was I, a while ago. This is a while ago, and I had a closing shift... And I get into the game, and I start playing, and closing shift at McDonald's is 4 o'clock. I think I think I was still working at McDonald's at the time. There's actually two games that this happened, where I had a closing shift, and I, like, barely finished the game and saw the ending in the nick of time to get to work just on time or within a few minutes. Um, and I get in, and I do the final boss. I, like, I get into it, and I'm just playing. Like, I'm going to play for a little bit, and we get closer and closer and closer to the ending, and I'm like, Am I just gonna fucking beat it? And I keep checking the time, keep checking the time. Alright, I got an hour. Alright, I got fi- 50 minutes. And like, a half hour comes and I'm still in the final boss fight. And I'm like, this is cutting it fucking close. Cause I don't know how many more bosses there are. Um, because it's a Final Fantasy game. And they have like seven different phases. And, and I beat it at like a half hour before work. And then there's another like 25 minutes of cutscenes before I actually can leave to go to work. Oh, I remember that ending now. Yeah, and it's a really good ending. I, I, I am one of probably a few people that are willing to totally admit I really liked Final Fantasy Thirteen. It's not as bad as people say it was. Um, and yes, it had its flaws, but I think the story was a uh, was the story is a lot more there than you than than a lot of people are willing to admit. And I really liked the ending. It was really satisfying. It felt really good. But I had to, I luckily it was only at McDonald's, so it was a five minute drive, not even. But I beat this game, the credits roll, I book it upstairs, put on my work clothes, run back down into the living room, watch the credits just in case, cause you never know. Credits That's, finish, yeah. I, I jump in my car and book it to work. Um, and the only other time I can remember I cut it that close was Rock Band 2, when I beat the devil in a, in a, in a guitar battle. And then as the credits roll through the fire and flames start playing, and I have less than ten minutes to get to work, and through the fire and the flames is a six and a half to seven and a half minute long song, or longer, I can't remember, and I'm sitting there playing through the fire and the flames feeling so excited because I beat the devil in rock band, or guitar hero too, and I'm playing through the fire and flames, and I'm like, I gotta get to work, I gotta get to work, I gotta get to work. Uh, it was, yeah. It, uh, it way too often does it happen to me that I beat games without realizing that I'm going to beat. Them. Yeah, which that's actually kind of funny. I uh, I it doesn't happen to me that often because like generally like I've got a pretty good like sense of when like something is ending. It was just like like with Mario World this past week. It was just one of those like I got through Yoshi's Island and I'm like all right cool like I'll go in the I'll go in the Dinosaur Island and like see what's up and then like I got through that. And then I got in the Vanilla Dome. I'm like, oh, well, I want to get to Butter Bridge because, um, so Butter Bridge is the bridge after Vanilla Dome. And it's just, there's one 
level on it, on like the lower rank of it. And it's one of my favorite level designs because if you have Yoshi in a cape, you can, as long as you start running at the beginning and, and build up your speed to fly and just go for it, every single time you like start to land, Yoshi will bounce off of one of the, uh, one of the moving saw blades and you'll actually just keep going. Like it's just a perfectly designed level for that. Um, and like, like the timing just works out perfectly. The like distance between those, those like saw blades works out perfectly that like you can just do that. And it takes almost no time to get through that level. And it's just, it's a very cool thing to be able to do. Mm-hmm. And then like I got through there and then like all of a sudden I was on, um, chocolate island or whatever they call it, like the last section. I'm like, oh, well, there's only a couple of levels left. I might as well just keep going. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, it's like, I might as well just open up Bowser's Castle, and then it's like, okay, well, like, Bowser's Castle's right there. Like, might as well yeah, finish I'm, Bowser's Castle. <laughs> I'm here, I should just do it. Uh, and, and that's that's generally how it goes with me, and it's like, yeah, I'll sit down to play a game, and then three, four hours later, I'm like, oh, I just fucking beat it. It's, I, I, I thought I had a lot more left, but okay. Yeah, it's, a, it's actually funny, so, you know the levels that you were, um, oh, what's the fuck what's the thing um the level when you were playing and you were stuck at i think the castle on chocolate island and you kept going back to that one level in the air where you where you knew you could get a bunch of extra lives yeah i couldn't get to that level you couldn't get to the level it took me four tries to get to to that level so the one before it oh that that's the one where it's like depending on your pathing and the uh, or yeah, it's you have to depending on the coins you collect, the the, the score you have, like it each door brings you to a different room and you have to like go like a specific pattern or something like that, right? So it's it's more like it's score and coin based and like so like the faster you beat the level, like generally the higher your score is. And the way I play Mario, I just I get through the levels very quickly. And mm-hmm. so every time I went in there and, and beat it, I kept beating it too quickly to the point where the the fourth time I did it, I loaded I loaded the level, and I just sat there until there was ninety seven seconds left, and then ran through the rest of the level. Okay. Um. Because yeah, I, I just so I I don't know if you followed the pipe and everything, but if you unlock the pipe route, it actually brings you right to the castle, and you skip the rest of Chocolate Island. Oh no, I, I didn't unlock the pipe. No, absolutely. Yeah, so you skip like two or three levels in between those two. Um. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to do that. I wanted to actually go through those levels. So yeah, it took me four tries of like, and like I wasn't playing the whole level through. As soon as I got to the room that I knew was the wrong room, I was just start selecting back to the map because I'd beat beaten it once already, so it didn't matter yeah. until I finally fucking like I said, I just waited until there was less than a hundred seconds left and then just booked it through the level. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like I understand like those are just not your genre of games, but it's just it going back and like playing through those levels and like remembering having just watched you like a month or two ago like have trouble with it i'm just like i don't i don't get it like it just seems so intuitive and and, and everything but it's like you didn't have a super nintendo you did not play that game growing yeah, up you no, have no muscle memory for it yeah i i didn't play super mario we i yeah we didn't have a super nintendo we had a we had an nes and the only games i recall having for nes and it, like this goes into whenever i play retro games i always take time to play wrecking crew Maybe Super Mario 1. We don't have Duck Hunt on there yet, which really fucking shocks me because they could really easily do Duck Hunt with the, with the Switch controllers. 
I don't know why you don't do Duck Hunt. Come on, Nintendo. Um, but, like, we had, like, the Mario-Duck Hunt combo. We had Wrecking Crew. We had Mega Man 2, maybe? Maybe at one point we did have Mega Man 1. I think we had, like, Mega Man 2 and 3. Um, and, and that's it. And then Genesis, we had, uh, either the game we talked about last week, that I can't remember what it's called right now, um, and, like, Comic Zone, which I would love for them to add onto the Switch service, uh, as well as Vector Man, which I would love for them to add to that onto the Switch service as well. And, and a handful of others with Sonic, Sonic 2, Sonic 3, and Sonic and Knuckles eventually. But, uh, yeah, we, we didn't get, we went from Genesis and Nintendo to PlayStation. We, we completely bypassed. We had, we had a PlayStation 2 before we had an N64. Maybe? That's no. crazy. No, I might have, I, yeah, actually we did. We went, we got a, I believe we had a PlayStation 2 before we had an N64 because we didn't get an N64 until I started being friends with Shahed, which was about fifth or fifth grade, fourth or fifth grade. And I bought it from him for $50. I feel bad for that transaction because I bought the N64, Star Fox, Smash, and Coliseum for 50 bucks. Oh, wow. That's really not bad. No, I, I mean, I, I, I super undercut him. Like, I got a great deal on it. I feel bad for it, especially at that time. Um, and then once we got, uh, a GameCube, once I got the GameCube, I traded that in. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure either, cause you, you kind of said, but, uh, and then you kind of went quiet got, for a second. I, I got distracted by me being right about the fact that Druton didn't watch the fucking movie. But he's watching it anyway. You know, fine, but still. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. He didn't watch it beforehand, but he's watching it now. <laughs> like I he, li- it. he he literally said he would have he wanted to make sure just in case we talked about it later, and he didn't want to be the dick who just like didn't come and didn't watch it. So he's fucking well, he's watching I, it for no reason. I was because I called him out at the beginning of the episode, which I don't know if you're gonna keep or not, I was oh, actually yeah, gonna, gonna wait. I I was actually going to wait until next week, not to bring up Fantastic Four, but I wasn't even going to tell you this, or at least I was going to wait to tell you offline, but I was going to drill him about the movie next week, just to see if he watched it or not. Which actually, that's, that would have been kind of funny. Yeah. Um, uh, but speaking of the movie, if we're done with the beating of games, we could go into it. Yeah, so, uh, oh shit, where did my, my timestamps go? There they are. Uh, so, yeah, our, our book club this week was, uh, Fantastic Four from 2015, which was your pick, Rich. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, it was my pick. It was a movie so, I had never watched, and honestly, even though hearing bad things about it, kind of always wanted to watch it anyway. Yeah, it's, it's not a good movie. It's not, I, look, I'm not gonna say, I'm not saying it's a bad movie, but it's also not a terrible movie. It's not, what, what is the Rotten Tomatoes, like, 4%? It's not fucking 4%. It's close. Uh, come on, if if you can tell me, what is Man of Steel? What is Man of Steel Rotten Tomatoes score? Uh, Man of Steel. I would rather watch Man of Steel over... Man of Steel Rotten Tomatoes is a 56%. You can't tell me Man of Steel is that much better than Fantastic Four. No, it uh, it honestly, like, so I've watched Fantastic Four twice now. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say the second time through... It was a significantly easier movie to follow than it was when I watched it when it released originally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I still say it had a good cast. Like, they did a pretty good job with the cast. They did a terrible job with the script. The script is just, it's, and I don't, 
actually, it might not necessarily be the script. It might be the editing. But that movie is a fucking disaster to the point where the director came out after it was released before it got panned and basically shit all over the movie and kind of got blacklisted from Hollywood. Because mm-hmm. he basically is like, this isn't my fucking movie. This is not what I wanted to make. Like, fuck this. This is everybody else's fault. Who knows how much of that is true? But, like, it, it's an edited disaster. <laughs> oh, trust me. Like, like I said, I'm not... I'm not saying that this is a good movie, but, like, and, and I agree in saying, like, the first 40 minutes could have been cut down. I, I, I do agree. Could have been cut down. They, they did have a lot of unnecessariness in it. Um, but it's, it's not a 4%. I, I really don't think it's a 4%. I would put it somewhere in the 40s to 50s. I would I, not put it at a 4%. Uh, I'd probably put it somewhere in, like, the 30s. Cause, like, <laughs> That's, you know, that's respectable. Like, that's fine. 30 is, is a reasonable number, in my opinion. But, like, it's just... and to, So, also looking at it, Man of Steel is 56 um, from critics, 75 from audiences. Mm-hmm. So, let's see what Fantastic Four is for audience. So, Fantastic Four is 9% for 9%. critics, 18% audience score. And so, see, here I, here's I, the problems I have with Fantastic Four. And then, then yeah. you can say... well. You, you can disagree with me. Um, the beginning is too like them like making the thing is too long. Overall, the movie has too many like uh, uh, I can't think of the thing uh, montages. Like not they're not like full on montage like Rocky training montages, but it's a lot of just like hey here's them doing this. Hey here's them doing this. Like you know what I mean? Like they they rather than use the time of the movie to tell like a, a good cohesive story, they use it to imply a lot of things. Um. And, like, they kind of build, like, so they build a relationship between Reed and Ben. And then they build a relationship between Reed, Sue, Johnny, and Victor to an extent. Yeah. Um, but then you never really have Ben and anybody else interact until the end of the movie. Because there's, mm-hmm. like, they, they go to the, to the, it's the negative zone. I forget what they call it in this. They go to the negative zone. Reed brings Ben along because, like, Ben's his best friend who, like, he probably hasn't really seen in months at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, they come back, everything goes to hell, and then they cut to a year later. Yeah. No, yeah, agreed. Like, trust me. I'm, I, like I said, I'm not saying this is anything of a good movie. Um, I just, I feel like maybe critics were a little bit overly critical on it. Um, but, and, and I agree, there was a supreme disconnect between the necessity of having Ben involved and not, and I just, I hated the fact that what they did to get Ben involved. I thought it was stupid. Like, Ben, honestly, shouldn't have been there. Like, he shouldn't have been there. And, and so I did go and, back and I, um, before I forget real quick, I did go back and I flipped through, um, the original Fantastic Four story. Uh-huh. And I meant to go th- flip through Ultimate Fantastic Four, but um, never got a chance to. So in the original, they do not lose control. Like they don't have. It's not like they have in the book where like they can't control their powers and they need the suits to do it. Like mm-hmm. Johnny can just turn the flame on and off. Yeah, yeah. They don't. They don't have perfect control of it, but it's not a thing that they need a suit <laughs> or like they're just completely useless. To, to my understanding, uh, and, and it's very minimal. It's the, the original movies and like a little bit of the comics or a little bit of the cartoons. Like the only one who really had a major problem with their powers was Sue. Like she, and it wasn't that like she couldn't control it, but it was just, it took too much of her to really use her powers to its fullest extent. No, exactly. Like, like her powers took a long time for her to develop them. 
Yeah. Um, Johnny's did to an extent too. Like Johnny's fire has gotten progressively stronger over the years as he learns to like control it better. Yeah. Um, obviously like Ben just has no control at all. Like he is just stuck as a big rock monster. Um, but like in this movie, like in, and the, um, the, the, the first Fantastic Four movies did it this way too. Like they were adults other, other than Johnny in the comics. Like Johnny was actually a teenager and like shouldn't have been involved in this, but like was for whatever reason. But like yeah. Ben, Ben was a pilot. Um, Sue, I forget exactly how Sue was involved, but Reed was the scientist and the four of them fucking went into space. Um, things happened. They got hit with the co- cosmic rays. They crashed back down the earth. They all realized they had powers. Like, yeah, that is the first issue of Fantastic Four as they're also fighting like the Mole Man and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. original comic book introductions for like characters back then were fucking wild. I think I've mentioned it yeah. before, but like Galactus, like the dude who comes around eating planets. It was like a three issue arc in Fantastic Four. It was like Silver Surfer arrived. There was an issue of them figuring out what to do. And then the third issue, Galactus arrives and they beat him. And then Johnny Storm goes to college at, in the back half of the issue. Yeah. Like, all in one issue. He gets there, they beat him, Johnny goes to college. Yeah. Um, and now it's like, it takes them 30 issues to determine, like, who is coming. And, like, yeah. that's not a big deal. But, like, like I digress. Um, but, yeah, like, they, they, they missed all of that. Like, Marvel's... So, the Fantastic Four are generally referred to as, like, Marvel's first family. And, um, like, the world's first something or other on like their title page like the whole thing with the fantastic four is like as many times as like they're dysfunctional and they kind of like get in the fights and kind of like split up and come back together they're family yeah that they, they argue like family but that like at, and at the end of the day they're family and like you never really get that in this movie and it's one of those things where like i get it it's supposed to be the origin story they're not going to be that close to start but like i don't think that they even really do a good job building to it like the no, close no. The closest thing you get is, like, Reed and Johnny seem to, like, click better than anyone else does. To the point where, like, the only kind of, like, let's call it a touching moment is when Reed ends up getting captured and he's back with them in the the last third of the movie. And, like, Johnny sees him and everybody else has been treating Reed like shit. And Johnny sees him and kind of has that look like this fucking guy. But instead goes up and hugs him. Mm-hmm. Um, And then when you get to, the like, the end of it, like, that whole ending makes zero fucking sense oh yeah that that was that was the weirdest boss fight ever like i i mean first of all what the fuck are doom's powers like and so that and that's the problem movies have never figured out how to do this doom's powers are fucking magic doom has magic he's a fucking genius scientist who also does dr strange shit yeah but i guess in a in universes that have not incorporated magic it they 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 can't because even the original Doctor Doom, he didn't really even have magic. He just started turning to metal. Like that's all he did. He turned into metal. You're you're thinking of the the first movie. Well, that's what that's what I mean when I mean when I say the original. I'm talking about the original movies or the first movies. Like that Doctor Doom didn't even have powers. He just turned to metal. Um, maybe yeah, had a little bit of powers. This one he like had telekinesis at least or something. He yeah, he had just, all it, sorts of weird it, powers. Like, yeah. It just, but it just didn't make sense. It was brutal to watch him. And, like, that's, it was a quote that, like, both me and you have said, that this was the most DC movie I've ever seen a Marvel movie go. Yeah, and, like, it's it's a bummer, because I think those characters, like, I mean, Marvel has the rights to the Fantastic Four again, and I feel like, be, like, 
they're actually going to know how to how to handle the Fantastic Four. Like they they really have not fucked up any of their other characters to any like they've made changes to them, but generally mm-hmm. those changes are for the better as far as like a cinematic version of that of that character yeah. goes. Yeah. So like I don't have any like feeling that like they're not going to fucking nail this one, but like I this one could have been so much better had somebody just like looked at it before it went out and said none of this flows correctly. We need yeah. to fucking fix this. I, I I thought the whole um uh Reed just running away to 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 Mexico just like didn't make sense. Like either A, why did he run away? It, him running away didn't make sense. But B, how did they not like track him through the woods immediately in this secure hidden military base? Like how could they not have tracked him easily and caught him? It's yeah. just like it was that was very poor writing. The whole Mexico part wasn't really needed. The fight between him and Ben was just dumb. Like I I it, it does show very much, very well how Reed is the one of the smartest men in the world because he's able to put together that suit to keep his powers in check with whatever he bought in at Mexican bazaars or whatever. Um but it's just yeah, it was the writing was was off. And the the direction that the movie went in, uh, you even said it to me at one point. I think last week, uh, like it felt like they skipped an entire half, an entire like third of the movie. Yeah, that whole middle section, like when it skips to, like from the point they're captured to the point where Reed is back at the compound. Like, yeah. there's too much missing in there that they just expect you to like ignore as just a oh well we just did a time skip and now you're just seeing that like. They're, like, special agents now, and, like, Ben yeah. goes out on missions for the army and punches tanks, and they're training and, Johnny and Sue how to, like, better use their powers. And and they do Doom so dirty, because they there is no build-up of him being evil. Yeah, no, he just, it's just he, he's, he's gone just, for an hour and then comes back, and all of a sudden he's a, he's a supervillain that wants to destroy the planet. Like, like, it would make, it would have made a little bit more sense if he were in it more as Doom, like, with the powers learning to use and control his powers, and then finding out, oh, you want us to be soldiers. And then that's where he starts to turn. But yeah. no, it's just, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't good. But I, I have, I have a couple of notes that I want to, I want to throw out there that I thought were funny, or just worth pointing out. And the first one, maybe you can help with this. Okay. How much processing power is in an N64? Because he had like 12 of those to do his first experiment. He had more than 12. But it's just like, for me, I was like, how much processing power, how many N64s would you need to do a highly complex, super, like, thing like this? It's just like, I thought it was funny. So it's got a 93.75 megahertz processor. So in layman terms, not a lot. Yeah, no, not a lot. Um, but okay. like, it's also from '96. But like, if you string yeah. twelve of them together, and all and all your processes are happening independently across them, like, it's conceivable that like on the small scale he was yeah. doing the thing, like, it could kind of work. Yeah, and look, I'm not saying that like I, that's unbelievable. I just I thought it was funny that they used N64s. Um, the next one, the Baxter Building looks like fucking shit. See, like, like I didn't think the back, like the Baxter Building looked like a building. Speaking of the Baxter building, it was just, it was really fucking stupid that they're just like, we need our own place. And then they just get a random compound in like the middle of nowhere. It's like, yeah, yeah. why the they fuck didn't, didn't you ask for the Baxter building back? Like, they that's didn't where, get the Baxter building. Like, that was yeah. your dad's building. 
Like that's what that's where you all came together. Like that's the iconic fucking Fantastic Four oh. headquarters. What and, the and fuck? We'll we'll get we'll get into that end scene in, in, in a second. Uh but like I just I thought when they did the Baxter building, like the CGI in this just weren't wasn't that great in general. But the really Baxter building looked the Baxter building looked terrible. Um then when they did the first organic test, they used a monkey. I'm like, why not a plant or something? And also that monkey looked very bad. The monkey did look bad. But like a plant is organic. Why didn't you use a plant? Like, why are you going to use a monkey? Like, why not a plant? Um, and then I loved the epic computer montage that they had to finish everything up. Uh, That's what I mean. And make it- that th- that movie, it's it's like a quarter fucking montages. Yeah, and then my one of the favorite things. Um, uh, for some reason, I wrote "There's no talking Big Bed out of his plans." I don't know why I wrote that. I, I mean, I guess they were trying to talk him out of it at one point, but that's not the thing. My favorite line that makes absolutely no sense is uh the dad is yelling at Johnny. I think this might have been shortly after they got their powers, like maybe when he's still overheating or something. But the dad says to Johnny, Johnny, you need to listen to me. And Johnny says, I did listen to you. And that's what got me here in the first place. No, it fucking didn't. You listened to him? You wouldn't have been there in the first place. You wouldn't have been... You you, you got drunk and went on a joyride with your friends. That's what got you there in the first place. No. Not he, listening he, to he your dad. He was jack. street racing. No, no, there was... But no, when he... When he had his powers, this was after they got their powers. Oh, right. Yeah, the, yeah. I'm his, sorry. His, his dad said, Johnny, you need to listen to me, like, trying to get him to calm down. And he shouts, like, I did listen to you. That's what got me here. No, no. You broke the fucking rules what got you there. Not listening to your dad what got you there. You decided to go on a joyride and, and, and you, you almost died. That's what got you there. And to me, I was just like, you, you can't, you can't sell that line in this. You cannot. You cannot make the dad feel bad because this is not the dad's fault at all. But you're trying so hard to make the dad feel bad. Or, or trying so hard to make the dad look like the villain when the dad is not the villain in this. No, not at all. You were, you were a bunch of stupid fucking kids who fucked up. That, you were the villains in this in the first half of the movie. Yeah, like that, just so much of that movie, like, it's, it's not a good movie. Like it, yeah. It has things that could have been good. And like, honestly, it would have, it would have been a better movie if Doom wasn't the villain. Like, and like, they can't do it. Like, that's the problem is because this was like, uh, it was a separate continuity from like the MCU, and they were trying to to like do a thing with it, and like Fox was trying to keep the rights to the Fantastic Four and all that garbage. Like they weren't going to do it this way. Doom is the most iconic villain. He was the one they were going to use. Um, they should have left Doom as like disappearing into that negative zone, and had something else been the villain, whether it was like something else from the negative zone or whatnot, like that, like whatever. Have Doom be the big bad in the sequel, and actually take that time to make him the big bad rather than have him just show up in the last 15 minutes and yeah. suddenly be homicidal murdering everybody and then trying to pull the the earth into the negative zone yeah yeah it's just it was it was like i said i i i am willing to admit that it was a bad it was a bad move also really, i don't think johnny ever said flame on he did he did okay but he never did the fucking four in the sky like no he didn't the like I'm cool with the fact that they they saved Avengers Assemble for Endgame. Yeah. Like, after they didn't say it in in Avengers, and they didn't say it 
and they alluded to it at the end of Age of Ultron. It's like, no, you, you got to save that one for like a big moment at this point. Like, mm-hmm. you don't just do it all willy nilly. But like, the only thing that movie would have had going for them is if Johnny fucking wrote the the fucking flaming four in the sky at some point, and they yeah, didn't yeah. fucking do it. Yeah, it was the whole uh, sequence as uh, the 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 intro to the year later. And they're flying in with like the uh, the senators or the representatives or whatever. And Johnny's just doing drills and shooting drones out of the sky with this plane flying right next to them. I'm like, come on! I know like that's a trope in movies like this, but that's that it would not happen that close to this plane flying important people over there. Like, yeah, exactly. It, it, so, it was. It, it just like it felt like they didn't do the research and just wanted to make something to make something. I mean, that is partially what it is because Fox. So most of like the Marvel agreements with um that like when Marvel sold the rights to all of their their characters yeah. were like you have to make a movie in X amount of time. Um, that's why Marvel got like Daredevil back fairly early. Um, because they only made that one Daredevil movie in two thousand three. Um, I think I think Daredevil was one of the first ones to revert back to them. Um, mm-hmm. Fantastic Four was like it was coming up on it. They needed to make a movie, or like they might lose those rights. So like they made a movie, and you know it it had potential like in the developmental stages, but then what they actually made didn't. Yeah, and like yeah. that's a bummer. Uh, yeah. Anything else you want to say about the Fantastic Four though? I, I really hope Marvel doesn't does them good. I really do, but I think they no, will. I think I think that's about it for the Fantastic Four. I can't wait to see what Druton has to say about it next week. Besides, hopefully he has more to say about it than oh, it was a shitty movie. We'll see. Sorry, I had to sneeze. I might have to sneeze again. Oh, no problem. Uh, do, uh, I mean, we're at about two hours. Do we want to talk Space Force? Did you watch season two of Space Force? I haven't finished it yet, so we can save that for next week if you want. Yeah, we'll save that for next week. That's right. fine. Well, so. Our next book club, though, is going to... Uh, it's actually Druton's pick. He he did pick something this time. We're going to uh, watch the movie Rush, if I remember that it's called. Yes, I believe that's what it is. It's not... Uh, I believe, yeah, it's Rush, I believe. I'll look it up. For yep, a it's it's Rush. It's from 2013. I believe it is on Netflix. I'm, I'm double-checking that now. I should have done this ahead of time, but I didn't. Um, it stars Chris Hemsworth. It is a... Yep, it's on Netflix. It's You can also <laughs> run it on like Apple and Amazon and all that stuff. Um, yeah. 2013 starts Chris Hemsworth and Baron Zemo, and first time that Thor and Zemo go head to head. Yeah, so yeah, that, they, that's they, super they decide, exciting. They decide to race fancy cars this time, though, instead of actually fight with thunder and lightning. It's a weird choice for Thor to to not use lightning against Baron Zemo, but I mean that's that's what he does. Yeah, and so this is about uh, it's a tw- it's set in the 70s, and it's about an F1 rivalry. So like, mm-hmm. it could actually be pretty pretty interesting. Yeah. But yeah, so so that's Drew's pick. Uh, we're gonna do that in two weeks on. Which uh, now? The, 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 it'll be the week of the ninth or the tenth. Uh, we're recording on the eighth that week, I believe. Yeah, so, so it, it'll it'll go live for everybody on March tenth. Yeah, hang on one second. The dog is behind me and decided it's time to play with a toy. Oh, it's fine. He's allowed to. Chase does it all the time. It's so cute, Benny. But but Benny Mitchell. Yeah, he's a goof. It, he's one of those toy players that, like, when he, like, is, like, when he's not just chewing on it, he sits there and just squeaks it. Like, mm-hmm. he just holds it in his mouth and just squeaks and squeaks and squeaks and squeaks. And he's he's a little goober. I love him, but he's, yeah. he's a little goober. He's a good old boy. He's a uh, good little boy. He is. 
Uh, but I guess that is probably going to do it then if we're going to save Space Force for next week. Yeah, let's just save Space Force for next week because honestly, I didn't pay 100% attention to it, so I might actually watch a little bit, like rewatch some of it. Uh, I was tired on this weekend, so I slept a lot. Yeah, and actually, um, next week, uh, I'm also going to talk about Gundam. I finished Gundam Seed Destiny, uh, the other day. Nice, nice. Uh, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I'll, I'll have, I'll have, I'll have Elden Ring to talk about, um, as well as that's about it, maybe. Nice. All right. Well, in that case, if you would like to find more of our content, you can head over to www.one-quest.com. You can also help us out by supporting us at patreon.com slash onequest. If you can't support us there with your dollars, though, you can go to your favorite podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, all those fun places. Rate us, review us, subscribe to us. It all helps a whole bunch. You can also find us on social media, facebook.com slash onequestonline or at one underscore quest on Instagram and Twitter. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash onequestvideo, and you can always send us an email to social at one-quest.com. But other than that, we will be back next week with something else to talk about. Thanks for listening. Bye. See you.